Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each of us. Peace be with you. Friends, today we continue our exploration of the greatest spiritual teaching ever made, the Sermon on the Mount. What a privilege we've had the last couple of weeks to read through this programmatic Sermon of the Lord. Having just considered last week the breathtaking teaching on enemy love, we come today to another passage of enormous power, a passage which has entered into the collective consciousness of anyone in the West. I mean, anyone who's heard the gospel knows this passage. It's in their blood and bones. Some of the great lines include, you cannot serve both God and mammon. And Jesus says, consider the lilies of the field. They neither sow nor reap. Yet not even Solomon in all his glory was clothed as one of these. And seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and the rest will be given unto you. I mean, beautiful, memorable, arresting language. But I contend this teaching, like last week's teaching, also makes you wonder. Can it really be that easy? Do we just surrender everything to God, let go of all of our worries, all of our practical concerns, and rely on providence? Be like the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet they are fed by their heavenly Father. You know, okay, but wait. Birds scavenge for food as much as we do, and when they don't find it, they die. I mean, are things beautiful here, poetic, but also, you know, not that easy? Well, here's what's going on, I think. Very much like the teaching from last week about enemy love. Jesus is trying to shock us into a new level of awareness. He's purposely bending the stick back in the other direction. That's an image from Aristotle. He said when the stick is is bent the wrong way and you're trying to straighten it out, what you have to do is you have to bend it back in the other direction. You have to exaggerate in the other way. That's what's going on here, I think, is, is Jesus is opening up in this radical language a whole other perspective and direction. He's compelling us to think that perhaps something else might be the case. Now, I think the clue to a correct reading of this section of the sermon can be found at the very beginning. When Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. It's very important stuff spiritually. It's about mastery and slavery. About what precisely has, listen, your ultimate focus, your ultimate attention. 
Jesus sets up the either or here so starkly because he's compelling us to choose. What is it finally that masters you? Flip it around. Of what finally are you a slave? Oh, I'm not a slave of anything. Come on, we all are. Nothing masters me. No, no, everyone's got something that is of ultimate importance. You know, we're involved in a thousand different things. We make decisions about this and that and everything in between. But there will inevitably be one thing that we desire above all. There'll be one center of gravity, one thing that we seek with the whole of our hearts. Again and again throughout the Gospels, this is just a very pointed example of it. Again and again, Jesus is asking us to make God and God alone that focus. Now, let me just state it here very clearly, lest I forget it. He doesn't expect us to be unconcerned about everything else. He wants us to be concerned first about God. See, don't read this as an invitation for everyone to become a Trappist monk, everyone to withdraw from the world and to utter abandonment to God. I mean, that's a call for some people. That's true. But he is calling everyone to put God unambiguously first. Now, here's the thing, though, that we're asked to, I think, consider. What is it, in fact, that we worry about most of all? If you look at our culture, look at our society, is God, in fact, our ultimate concern, our ultimate value? Is God, in fact, the center of gravity? I borrowed the past from both Christopher Dawson and Joseph Campbell, both of whom said, to answer that question, all you got to do is look at our cityscapes. The answer will appear. The churches in our major cities are pretty hard to find. I mean, even New York, St. Patrick's Cathedral is dwarfed by thousands of other buildings. My hometown of Chicago, our little cathedral, Holy Name Cathedral, you barely find it. Unless you really know where you're going. It's just completely overwhelmed by the other buildings. But what isn't hard to find in our big cities? Well, the centers of money-making, commerce, they aren't hard to find at all. All you got to do is open your eyes and you see them. In fact, in Chicago, the three tallest buildings, the Hancock Building, the Aon Building, and the Willis Tower, are all named for insurance companies. And I think thereupon hangs a tale. To ensure ourselves against the dangers of life, to make sure that we're safe and comfortable and paid for, well, <laughs> that's what dominates the skyline of my hometown, the great city of Chicago. What's our ultimate value? What's our ultimate concern? What's the center of gravity? Answer it honestly, friends, and many things become clear. Jesus says now, going back to the sermon, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Now, why? Why? Listen again. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? 
Now, again, I know the trap we can fall into is like, well, come on. I, how, how can I not worry about my body or worry about my life? I mean, this is, seems too either or. But see what he's doing here, I think, is he's placing our lives with all their legitimate needs and worries and concerns. So, I mean, anybody from the richest to the poorest has to worry about these things, body and, and clothing and eating and drinking and so on. But, but he's placing all of that within this much broader framework. Is not life more than food and body and clothing? That's what he wants you to see. Yes. See, because the trouble is we become so preoccupied with those things that they become, in very short order, our ultimate concern. And then the thing goes haywire. What is your life first and above all? First and above all, it is a gift from God and is under the loving providence of God. God has made you, he's made me, everybody, with a definite purpose in mind. And God is nothing but love. He knows every hair on your head. Not a sparrow falls to the ground without his knowing it. The prophet Isaiah, now I'm just going to make a very brief reference to our first reading, but he channels in those gorgeous words, he channels the word of God. Listen. Could a mother forget her infant or be without tenderness for the child of her womb? Even should she forget, I will never forget you. There's the voice of God. I mean, could you imagine a woman, imagine a mother, losing affection, losing love for the child of her womb, forgetting her infant? Well, even, even if, you know, at the limit of the, possi- the possible, you could imagine that. You couldn't imagine God forgetting anyone or anything that he's made. And this infinitely loving God has a purpose for you And therefore what? That's what your life is finally about. Love God, therefore, above everything else. Surrender to his will. And now listen, situate all the other concerns of your life, legitimate as they are, within that overarching framework. What you must be about first and last is God. What you must be concerned about first and last is God. And then the rest of your life, with all of its worries and concerns, will fall into place. Now do we see the meaning of that magnificent passage. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and the rest will be given to you. Notice he says, seek first, seek above all, but not seek alone. See, we're not playing an either or. Right? I'm going to seek God. I'm going to forget utterly about all those other things. No, no. Seek God first, and you'll find the rest falling into right relationship. Now, as I've suggested, the problem is we tend to get this all precisely backward. We are, in fact, Slaves of mammon. 
A mammon's a good Aramaic word Jesus would have used. It just means money or wealth or material things. The trouble is, we belong to mammon first. Our lives revolve around it, and therefore it comes to dominate us. You're a money man, you might say. Well, that means you've come to be dominated by mammon. You're a slave of it. And if and when God figures into the picture, he does so as a peripheral concern. In fact, as money and security, what we shall eat and drink and so on, come fully into focus, God necessarily goes into soft focus. Stay with that image a little bit. That might help. You know, when the camera focuses in on something, everything else goes into kind of a soft focus. It's in the background. The trouble is that we get our, our focus wrong. Focusing on all the, all the immediate concerns, God goes into soft focus. Flip it around. Flip it around. Put God in clear focus. See, I'll close with this. Here's the basic problem. It's the troubling truth. If you don't put God first, you won't know what to do with money and security when you have them. Think about that, friends. So I, my life's all about you know food and drink and clothing and shelter and security and so on. Okay, let's say you get all those things. Now what? What do you do with them? What do you do with your security? What do you do with your comfort? What do you do with your health? Unless you're the slave first of God, you won't know what to do with those things when you get them. And that's why we should all say with St. Paul, listen to how Paul introduces himself typically. I, Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus. Right. You belong to him first of all. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and the rest will be given unto you. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.